0: Today, uh, I promised to keep this message till about twenty minutes. Wow. <laughs> I've already been droning on for about ten. Um, what's that? Oh, um, so uh, give me a give me a stopwatch, Justine. Give me a time. Can you give me a timer up there? And I'll uh, I'll promise to finish somewhere between twenty and forty minutes, anywhere. In Actually, I'll set my own timer. I'll set my own timer. I know we've all got stuff on. Everything's happening. Kids, whatever. I'm going to go to Penrith this afternoon. Our third child, uh, Ben, 11, has got a triathlon out at Penrith at 4 o'clock. So he's out there. He was at a swimming event last night. Kids all over the place. So uh, I know that... uh, You don't want me to talk for too long, which I don't. I appreciate you making the effort to be here. And uh, I'm sure you'll get something out of this. So we're talking about calling. Everyone say calling. Calling. There's a scripture in the Bible, it's in 2 Thessalonians 1.11, it says this. With this mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed Prompted by faith. Uh, another scripture, Philippians 3:14, says this: I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, as a Christian, you've received a high calling. Right. Not just a calling, but the Bible says a high calling. So you say that's fantastic. What is it? <laughs> What's a high calling? I'm glad you asked. It's to be a Jedi Knight. No, I'm joking. It's, uh, it can be anything. It can be, well, sometimes when we think about calling, sometimes we, when we talk, uh, think about some kind of spiritual calling, we think about things like that. We think about, oh, a hermit that's living out on a mountain somewhere. Or we're thinking of a monk that's living in a monastery and spending his life praying and meditating, scriptures and meditating, and when we think about spiritual callings, that they're the kind of um, images that come to mind. Uh, but that's not what the Bible talks about. They're just things that have occurred, and and uh, and I guess mindsets and frameworks that uh, people have put around understanding calling. But um, Paul, in the book of Romans, he puts it this way, talking about the same kind of thing. He says in Romans 12, 1-2 so here's what I want you to do. Talking about calling. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Isn't that amazing? Oftentimes we complicate walking with God or our calling or what it is that we're supposed to be doing with this great gift that God's given to us that somehow it's got to be some unique thing. But you know, a lot of life is just routine. A lot of life is just going through the motions. And as Paul says, as we go through those motions, if we are aware of the fact that as we dedicate everything that we do to God, as we're aware of Him and that we're living in His purpose and an understanding of what He's done, then we are living out His calling for our life, embracing what God has done for you. This is the calling. You know, um, many, of the, many theological terms from the Bible and that were um, in society in days gone by... The corporate world has taken them, stripped them of their spiritual meaning and used them to build their own structures and businesses and organisations. And um, as I, uh, many of you know, I've been, uh, on top of all the other stuff that I've been doing, I've just about finished an MBA. And as I've been reading a lot of business books and a lot of uh, uh, just um, jargon and a lot of the stuff that they do, I've, I've been astounded at how... how uh, Many of them have come out of a Bible or a theological context. Let me give you a couple of examples. When you when you study business, as I know many of you do, oftentimes they talk about what's the vision of the business. Anyone ever heard that? You've got to have a vision, and you've got to have a mission statement, and you've got to have a purpose. All of these things have come out of the Bible. All of these are Bible words. They're theological terms that the Bible uses for individuals, and yet... Businesses and whatever, I thought, wow, doesn't that that sound amazing? That you've got to have a vision for your business. You've got to have a way. Another another couple of words. Inspiration and revelation. I see these words in business textbooks. Inspired. An inspired idea. An inspired startup. An inspired, a a revelation that I got about this concept. All of these words have come out the bible they strip them of their spiritual meaning and their and their significance and rebrand them or repackage them in a way thinking isn't this unique isn't this amazing this will change your world it will because they come out of the word of god vision mission are, are examples of theological language here's one that i want to talk about today have you ever heard the word vocation who's heard the word vocation who's heard of vocational training There's courses that you can do. Many HR departments do vocational training. They do uh, assessing of people's behaviours and uh, personalities and all this kind of stuff, trying to prepare you for your vocation, vocational education. Did you know the word vocation is out of the Bible? Did you know it's a theological term? (laughs) Um It, the, so, the term vocation actually comes from a Latin word. And you know what the Latin word is? Calling, which comes out of the Bible. When they talk about your vocation, they're talking about your calling. Now, they don't say the word calling, but that's what the word means. It actually is the Latin term for calling. The term surfaced and was developed during the Reformation. During the Reformation, this is what this was part of the big. Um, uh, I guess, a paradigm shift that took place from the, the Catholic understanding of, of uh, Christianity and your purpose in the world to the, the Reformation and the whole uh, transformation away from just uh, the church being uh, s- uh, spiritual and, and separated from the world to this whole understanding. You may have heard some of these terms, you may not, but the priesthood of all believers. So, uh, where everybody was a priest, as the Bible says, everybody was called of God. Everybody had a place. Everybody had a ministry. Everybody had a vocation. Everybody had a calling. And discovering that calling, discovering that vocation, being equipped and trained and prepared to go out and make a difference in the world, in the great power, under the understanding that it was God that was. directing you, it was God that had given you these gifts, and it was God that had prepared you for all these things, that was part of the driving influence of the of the Reformation. That was part of the transformation that took place. And did you know that most of the Western world, and particularly capitalism, capitalism actually came out of the Reformation. The whole understanding about profit, the whole understanding about money and the use of it, all came out of the church. It all came out of Calvinism and the Reformation. And there's a book you can read, if you're interested, a guy called Max Weber. He's not a Christian, but he talks about the history of capitalism. And he said the whole understanding of money and the way it's prospered in the world came directly out of the Reformation, directly out of an understanding that people had been called, they'd been given a calling and a vocation, and their purpose was to go out into the world and change and transform and make the world a better place for the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? And so all this stuff that we hear about, all these things that we see in business that are happening around the world, we think, oh, this is all new. It's not new. There is nothing new. It all comes out of the Bible. Vocation. You have a vocation. Um... The priesthood of all believers, and so it's everyone's responsibility. This was this was the big this was the big revelation, the big uh, eureka moment, the big light bulb moment in the Reformation. Whereas before they had okay, the clergy and the and the ministers and the priests and all that—that that was their job to do all the spiritual stuff, and and they did all that, and then everybody else just did all the worldly stuff, all the secular stuff, and they would come to church and the priests would teach them all this stuff and, and that's the way it worked. And the whole, the big message of the Reformation was that everybody, everybody is empowered by God to make a difference in the world, that everybody has the ability to listen to God. Now, does that replace the whole idea of ministry and church and pastoral um, uh, work and all that? No, not at all. E- each person and each place has its calling and its place to empower one another to make a difference in the world, to change the world for good, it's our responsibility to be the church whether we're here or whether we're out there. The church is the people of God. The church is not the building, although we call that the church as well, it 's us out there. when we're out there in, in the CBD or we're out there working in the community center or in education or we're at home with the kids or we're working with our neighbors, you're the church. You're the church, you're living out the calling that God has placed on your life, the vocation. Let me give you an example of how God works. Oftentimes we think that spiritual things are so, uh, they're so esoteric, they're so um, difficult to understand, they're, they're mysteries. But God works in your life, in my life, He works in the world by everyday events. stuff that is happening here and there, by you going to work, by you coming home and loving your kids and loving your wife or loving your husband or or your partner and and, uh, going to work and encouraging people. Just our everyday life, we are bringing the kingdom of God into those environments. That is your calling. That is what we're called to do. Let me give you an example. So the Bible says in Psalm 111.5, he provides food for those who fear him. Right? He provides food for those who hear him. Now, in the Old Testament, when they were wandering through the desert, God provided food miraculously. Who knows that story? It was called manna, and they'd wake up in the morning, there was bread all over the ground. They didn't have to sow it, they didn't have to do anything. They'd go out, they'd gather the bread, there'd be water that came from this rock that followed them around, like three million people, that's a lot of water. It wasn't just like, drip, trip, trip, There was... Enough water for three million people. (laughs) gushing out of this rock as they went through the desert. There was bread everywhere. All of this was provided miraculously by God. So, we read that story. We understand that God could miraculously today choose to provide food miraculously. You could wake up in the morning. Imagine this. You wake up in the morning. You open the fridge and wow! It's all there. You know, there's ham in the fridge and the kids haven't eaten it all. You know, there's actually... (laughs) There's actually some stuff left in the fridge and in the cupboards. Anyone would think you've got a horde of rodents get up in the night. But God could do that, couldn't he? God could miraculously provide like that. But he's decided not to do it that way. He's decided to use you and I to bring about his great purpose and purpose. In the world. This is how it works. He says in Psalm 11:5, he provides food for those who fear him. This is how he does it. The farmer who he gives skills and the land plants seed and harvests grain. Amazing. Where does all that come from? Well, the the, the, the the grain and the ground and all those things have all come from God. They go to the baker. The baker makes flour into bread in the mill that was built by the builder with electricity that was provided by an electricity company, which somebody started with an idea from God. Hey, let's, you know, um, what's his name? Not Tesla. (laughs) Not Elon Musk. Yeah, Edison, that's his name. Um, The truck driver... Carries the produce from the factory where the workers at the processing plant produced it, goes to the warehouse where it's stored, the wholesalers distribute it to the supermarkets, shelf people put it on the shelf, the lady at the checkout, or the, well they make you do it yourself now, but um, the assistant does the checkout, you pay the money, and guess what? You get bread, and you go home, and you put it in your fridge, and God has provided you bread. Isn't that amazing? But God has decided that he wants to involve people in the process. Every person along that way, every person along that supply chain, all the way to putting bread into your house, has been given a role and a place and a calling and a position and an opportunity by God to be part of the transformation process. God could do it miraculously, but he wants to use you and I to make a difference in people's lives. That's why he gives creativity. That's why he gives free will. That's why he gives opportunity to come up with ideas, entrepreneurship, um, ideas that can change lives, that can make a difference, that can, that can change our society, improving and, and, uh, and transforming in great ways. It's still God feeding us. That scripture is still true, but God is using you and I in the process, which is an awesome thing, isn't it? God heals supernaturally, and he still does today. We pray for people, they get healed of cancer. We pray for people, they get healed of all kinds of diseases and sicknesses and illnesses. But he also doesn't do it all miraculously, does he? He gives people the ability to learn, and they get trained as doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals... And each of those people are given a vocation and a calling and a training and a heart. And they get equipped and they get trained. And they are also working with God in the process of healing people. Because that's the way God wants to do it as well. It doesn't negate the miraculous, but it involves people in the process. God is about people. God is about people utilising their this and the things laid dormant within them to go and change the world, change their own world and change the world around them. Supernaturally, he grants healing through the vocation of doctors, nurses, pharmacists, lab technicians and everybody else. It's still God bringing the healing but he's using people. Every one of us has uh, has callings and abilities that we can do. Um. (coughs) So God calls men and women and, grant, uh, uh, and as we um, saw here today, he grants them the unfathomable ability to actually have children, to reproduce after themselves. An incre- incredible privilege. Um, and he calls people into families with parents, sometimes siblings, in a way that can create and nurture skills and the abilities and the and, and those things that God has placed that often lay dormant inside people that in that environment that they can be nurtured they can be encouraged and they can come to fruition that's God's purpose that's his plan that's his way and oftentimes well not oftentimes sometimes we grow up in an environment that has done that and has been healthy and um, I'm feel fortunate that I grew up in a home environment that was encouraging and that uh, did allow me to, to do whatever I needed to do, I felt, or was loving and supportive in, in lots of ways. We don't all grow up in situations like that. We don't all grow up in families like that. And having been a pastor for a couple of decades, I understand that that's not always the case. But here's what I do know, that inside every individual and every person, God has put a calling, a vocation, a reason for being on the planet. Now, that doesn't have to be, if you read all the magazines and everything, it's got to be something unique and amazing and it's got to bring fame and fortune. Not always the case, sometimes the case. But true significance, true value, true purpose, the things that really add value to our life come by actually understanding what you have and beginning to use that to change the lives of others there 's nothing more significant not, as a you know if you 're a doctor or if you 're working as an educationalist or in all these areas and even as a pastor under, when you see people 's lives changing, when you see them finding God, finding who they are, seeing relationships restored, seeing marriages restored, seeing families coming together, seeing people change their paradigm, begin to see that they 're capable of so much more than what they 're experiencing right now, and seeing them grow and seeing. be effective for God uh, there's nothing more valuable there's nothing more important there's nothing more satisfying than that whatever we're doing wherever we're placed you might say oh I'm not really satisfied with what I'm doing right now I don't feel like this is my calling then I want to encourage you to do what you need to do to get to that place where you are utilising the calling the gifts, the talents, the skills the abilities that God has placed within you it might mean more education like I said, you know, I'm constantly, uh, I know, encouraging you guys and let, trying to lead by example myself, to continually stretch myself, and my abilities and my time to actually improve what God's given me. And I want to encourage you to do that as well. Like I said, I, I mean, this is my third master's that I'm doing at the moment, um, because I want to keep growing. I want to keep um, improving what God's given me. That's part of our responsibility. There's no point whining about, oh, good, you know, this is not working out for me and, oh, and I've i just been um, uh, sacked by my employer again and uh, or I'm changing jobs or I'm not doing what I'm... Re- I'm not really happy with this job but I feel stuck. You're never stuck because God says all things work together for good for those who love God. You're never stuck. You're never... You're never... Um, not able to change what you have right now or where you're going right now. You are empowered by God to make decisions that can transform your future right here, right now. You can change everything about your world right now. Where you're heading, what you're doing, it may take work, it may take some changes, it may take some discipline, it may take and probably will take sacrifice, but anything you say, I want to be doing that, and I want to be... You know, oftentimes... You know, I'm 49 years old. I sound like I'm raving again. How long have I got left? <coughs> I've got two minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of hearing people around my age feeling like they're trapped because of their kid situation or because of their work situation or because of their responsibilities, because of their uh, financial situation, whatever it is, and just and, and uh, talking to them and saying, you know, I just can't get out of this and, and, and I'm stuck here and I've got all these responsibilities. You know what? Anything can change. Right. You have within you That's right. the power of God, the gifts of God, the creativity, the understanding, the mindset, the ability to transform your future. Everything you need is within you right now. And everything you don't have, you can ask God and he will begin to work it out for you. That's the promise of the word of God. That's the promise that God has for us. That we have, he has placed within us the ability to make our future through Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean it's easy. It'll be challenging. It'll take, like I said, discipline. Sacrifice Little by little, marginal gains, but that's the way it works. So why don't we close our eyes right here. You might be sitting here today, you might be disappointed with where you are right now. You might be frustrated with what's going on in your world right now. You might feel like you're trapped, you might feel like you're stuck, you might feel like you're completely unhappy with everything that's going on. I want to tell you right here, right now, that today you can make a decision that can transform the rest of your life. Every decision from this day forward can take you towards the place that you feel God has called you to be, the vocation, the calling. You know, I tell our kids, one's just done his HSC, I said, look, do your best, but at the end of the day, whatever you want to do, you can achieve it. You may have to take some circuitous routes, you may have to go a different path, but... You can get there if you really want to get there. You have everything you need to make it happen. The Bible says God is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask, think or imagine. You are made uniquely significant by God. And you have a calling. You have a vocation. You have a reason for being on the planet. It's not just to accumulate wealth and it's not just to accumulate goods and it's not just to gather up stuff but it's to make a difference. Not only to your life and to those that you are influencing directly but to make the world a better place. And I want to encourage you to do that here today. You have value. There's a reason that you're here. If you're not really sure what that is, I want you to think, ask God. Ask Him. God, show me what it is that I'm meant to be doing. Show me what it is that I can do that can actually add value. God loves you so much. He cares about your world. He cares about your dreams. He cares about your desires your home's like any good loving father. And his arms are outstretched towards you here this morning. If you are unhappy where you are right now, maybe you're unhappy with your marriage and where it is right now, you can change it. Not by leaving. <laughs> but by saying, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. <coughs> I'm going to make this a better marriage. I'm going to invest time. I'm going to begin to build up rather than pull down. I'm going to begin to encourage rather than criticize. I'm going to begin to change my language. I'm going to begin to change the way I see it. I'm going to change. God, help me make it the best marriage that it could ever be. I'm going to make myself the best that I can. Why don't we all stand here this morning? Father, we just...